what happens what happened in the household when that happened is like I did actually want to thank you okay, okay sorry so it should be Ella first uh, thanks thanks Vicky thanks Imi for playing um, the greatest showman for us again that was awesome that wasn't the greatest showman but you just put water on there everyone's gonna forgive you <coughs> um, I will say thank you to Ella because that was wonderful worship and you led really well and you listened well and you followed really well. So thank you for that. That was wonderful. <coughs> Remind your worship leaders how well they do, yeah? Because they're sort of people as well and need, you know, just acknowledging when someone's on the ball and has chosen the right song or... You know, that's just really encouraging. So um, it's, it's encouraging for worship leaders. So thank you. Somebody's drawn on the pulpit here, and it's going to freak me out unless I do that. <coughs> I, it's still there. Don't go there. Don't go there. <sighs> at the start of the year, um, oh, sorry, I'll, I'll do three things at once. How's that? You know I can't do it. Hey, um, I had a look in the Logos this morning. There's some birthdays um, today, a couple of them, in fact. Unless the Logos is lying, the word is lying, no, it shan't. Um, Jenny Johnston's birthday today, and um, Tali, Tali's birthday today. Um, Janine's birthday on Wednesday. Happy birthday, Janine. And Sandy isn't here, but it's her birthday Friday. And it's my daughter's birthday tomorrow. She's 12. Serious, like prayer would be awesome right now. It's just like, when did she turn 12? Um, <coughs> tomorrow, that's when she turned 12. That's going to freak me out. We'll get ourselves sorted in a minute. Uh, some new faces around the room. Uh, for those who don't know me, my name's Ben. Um, I'm just one of the guys who hangs out here. Um, but I've actually, um, I'm actually on eldership, just, just to make it quite clear. Um, and I'm awesome. <laughs> actually, I did a presentation one day to a group of um, young farmers and I started by saying, g'day, my name's Ben and I'm awesome. And about 45 minutes into that presentation, this girl who's sitting up the front goes, I've had enough of this. What do you mean you're awesome? I'm like, it was 44 minutes ago. Like, come on. Like. So if you've got issue with that, let's go now. Let's do this now. No, I'm only joking. Um, let's do it later. Um, <clears throat> I've been away a fair bit, actually. Um, we've, um, we've entered this new journey with our kids where they are now playing uh, professional amateur Soccer, soccer or football, the world game. Um, and um, the world, and uh, they, <laughs> I, could just, I could just preach on the soccer versus being football. Anyway, I won't do that today though. But we've been away and um, so they're, they're at training four nights a week and like two nights each. Um, and um, yeah, and then we've been uh, helping out because they've been short of parents to help. In fact, I'm going to referee Ava's game at midday today from here. So... If it's 11.55, you better say, come on, Ben, it's time to go. Um, but, um, which is really exciting um, for them, seeing them flourish. But it's kind of, um, it's been really interesting because the kids are like, and we're like as well, both Danny and I are like, man, we've got to get into a, some sort of rhythm where we can balance our church family and this new soccer family. Cause we've, and it's been lovely to sort of see the kids really want it and miss being at Shy and miss being at church. Um, you know, it's, um, it's like that thing about going away and you, you just, when you get home, you know, you just feel your family. So it's nice to be here, really nice to be here. Um, but we're just it's in the midst of trying to get that um, balance at the moment, with all honesty. <coughs> yeah, just, just, want you to, just wanted to say that. Sorry. And, um, yeah, we're studying as well, just, you know, suckers for punishment at peers sometimes, but it's all good. Um, at the start of the year, um, when the kids went to school, they need to get a scrapbook covered. And um, 
Ava went and found some awesome contact at um, Kmart probably, I assume. That's the only place she appears to shop um, and loves. But it was such cool contact and there was some left over. Can you... And so I put it on my Bible. How cool is that? Like it was... It's mesmerising. Um, and it's... Um, and I go, it, you can't see it? You'll have to come up and have a look later because it actually... It sparkles like it's, it's mesmerising. Um, and I kind of go, should we cover the should we cover the Bible, the bonded blue leather with contact for one dollar fifty from Kmart? Yes, we should because it's mesmerising, and it's actually, believe it or not, it, I, I don't, I I think it's true that I've actually picked this up more now than what I did before. So if you're struggling to um, to read your Bible, I'm going to say Kmart dollar fifty, get some contact. Um, and just make it a little bit more mesmerising. Um, I've, I've then got the joke that I did say to Lyndon, it's actually not about the contact, it's about the content. Oh, anyway, that's good. We're not going to go there today, guys. Just settle down. Um, I, did want, I wanted to talk about um, something, though, that, that this reminded me of, and it, this does look like shimmering stars for me. Um, and the thing that it did for me is... Um, just help me think about the full wonder of who God is. Believe it or not, a little bit of contact did that. Um, so today, I actually want us to... There's going to be a call to action at the end of this. Does people know what a call to action is? Those who've worked in marketing or any sort of advertising would know that when you, want, when you show an ad or something, you'll notice there's always a phone number or a website or an email or something, yeah? Or come in and see us, yeah? Because there's a call to action. There's something they want you to do. So there is a call to action at the end of this message. It's not an advertisement. It's a call. It's, it's a message, but there will be a call to action. Um, you know, what I love is that God takes us all on journeys and he takes us all on really different journeys. Um, and, and I think all of us, in fact, I know all of us have really profound stories. Um, but the thing that I love is that the creator of the whole universe wants to go on a journey with you and you and you and you and you. Sorry. Anyone else? Um, with you. He wants to go on a journey with you. He doesn't just want to be a distant God. He actually wants to be on a journey with you, you know. And I think as you go on a journey with anyone in life, you know, you actually reveal more about who you are as they reveal more about who they are as well. Um, and as we go on a journey with God, um, he reveals more of himself to you, more of who he is, and then he actually reveals more of who you are as well. So it's like that, um, is it Donald Roosevelt? Or I just mix names. Um, Roosevelt said there's the things we know we know, things we don't know we know, things we, that's something like that. Um, US president said that at, at one point. It's kind of like that God knows everything about us, but there's just this step that he sort of takes us on where we just learn more and more about who we are, yeah? You know, this is our prayer for you here at Mount Clear. We want you to understand and know more of who he is, and as you do that, get to know more and more of who you are and who he sees you are. So we step into the complete fullness of, of who we are. So I've been resting on the word wonder. And the word wonder is actually both a noun and a verb. Um, noun is a name, because it both starts with N, and a verb is a doing word. They're the things I learned in primary school. N, noun, name, verb, doing word. So the noun wonder is, a, you know, it's a feeling of amazement, admiration, caused by something beautiful, remarkable or unfamiliar, and yet the verb wonder, which is where I want to focus today, is the desire to know something, to feel curious, maybe to feel doubt, like I wonder, but to feel admiration and amazement or to marvel. So let's consider wonder, and I want to focus on the story of um, Abram, who become Abraham in Genesis. So, um, Abram um, was chosen by God. He was chosen by God. God looked upon him and said, I really like you. 
I'm going to choose you. And he said this in Genesis 12, which you don't have. Anna, who's doing an amazing job, by the way, at the back there. Thank you, Anna. Um, Anna, last time she did this, put literally an L plate on her chest. So um, she's doing an amazing job. She's now graduated to her P's. Um, So, but, but, but what God said to Abram is, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you and I will make your name great. Um, yet to become a nation sort of re- requires the ability to be able to create, create family. And Abram's wife, Sarah, or Sarai, was barren, couldn't have kids. So there was this huge reliance on God at the time. And yet he was really looked after by, by God. He was really blessed with land, which represented wealth. Um, and then uh, during a famine, he, uh, he, he, God told him to go to Egypt, and he went to Egypt. Um, and, then, and then he gained some more wealth and some favour down there. Then he goes through this journey of rescuing his cousin Lot. And then he doesn't accept a reward from the king because God told him n- not to, right? You can read all this in Genesis 12 through to 14, yeah? Um, Abram was walking alongside God. And this was his normal experience. He was hearing God, God was giving him direction, and so he went. God said, do this, and there was a blessing that sort of came from it, yeah? He speaks, he tr- so then Abram trusts, he follows, and it was normal. This was, this was normal. This is just foundational 101 relationship with God. God talks, he trusts, he listens, he goes. God blesses. 101. Um, yet what happens um, then is because he doesn't accept this, um, this reward from the, um, from the king in Genesis 15. This is where we can whack up way too many words on the screen, but I'll read it to you. It says, After this, a word from the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? And the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, you've given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. So there's this listening, there's this moving, there's this trusting God. Yet there was this promise that God gave him that actually hadn't come to fruition. And he couldn't see it. And he's like, that my next in line is just one of my servants. He's going to take all, uh, all my inheritance, all the inheritance I can give. Do you sense the frustration? There's a sense of frustration. You know, God talked about him being a great nation, but nothing had come of the very thing that nations are born out of, which was family. And then in verse 4, the word of the Lord come to him, this man shall not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside. He said, look up at the, st- at the sky and count the stars if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. And it's a beautiful story that I saw in my contact. A few points. Sarah was barren, and we'll talk about this later. They were both pretty old as well. Scientists say that in the Milky Way alone, which is just a small part of our universe, that a new star is born every year. And scientists also say, they say a lot, by the way, scientists say that if you looked, you could find a new star every second and you'll never stop counting. So let's look at this. Actually, if we can, and the next verse there, in um, if we look at what God does, you know, in Psalm 147, it, it says that he determines the number of the stars and he calls them each by name. So not only is he counted them all, he knows them each by name. This is the God. This is the God who Abram's following. You know, the task was impossible for Abram, yeah? I went to Africa a couple of times now and uh, one time was laying down in a swimming pool, which it was empty. The pool was empty. It was the middle of the night. We're out at a farm, so there's no street lights around. And we turned all the lights off in the house we're at and just looked up at the stars. It's actually an amazing experience that if we live here in Ballarat, we don't get to do that often. Um, 
there's, yeah, there's no empty swimming pools. There's no swimming pools in Ballarat. Um, <laughs> it's a, but it was quite overwhelming to see all the stars and to know that I was just getting a glimpse of what was in front of me. There was no way that I could count them all, but just sort of laid there in wonder. And so as God says to Abram, count the stars, um, so the Old Testament's written in Hebrew, and uh, the word there, and Steve will correct me later on, not, not now, not now, later on. I coughed up phlegm before, by the way, too. <laughs> it was good. Thank you. Um, the word count means safar. And it does mean to count, but it also means to recount or to narrate, to take account of, to make an accounting of, to interpret or to explain. So if God says, explain the stars, count them, recount them, take account of how many are there, so shall your offspring shall be. How can you explain something like the stars? You know, I love that scene in um, The Lion King where they're laying down and kind of go, have you ever wondered what those things are up there? And, and the little meerkat guy goes, oh, they're fireflies stuck up, stuck up on the ceiling there. Um, and, um, and the warthog goes, I always thought they were balls of burning gas millions of miles away. Um, and they're like, and, and like oh, and, and then I think they say, you're all gas. So, um, <laughs> um, you know, but there, um, which, which I really love, but it's really so hard to explain the stars, you know, let alone count them, let alone name them all. God was revealing a greater thing to Abram, yeah? He was revealing a greater thing. And he was using wonders to do this, a real wonder to do this. But what God had to do was he had to call Abram out of the tent. See, Abram was in a tent. Do we know why Abram was in a tent? He didn't have a house. That's where he lived. That's right. Nothing too crazy about that. But that's why he was in a tent, just, just in case anyone's wondering. You know, I, but I love the fact, I just got 11.11 again. Um, I love the fact that Abram's relationship with God was really, really strong. He followed him, he trusted him, God blessed. Yet on this one count of this one major promise God had given him, Abram was frustrated because it hadn't come to fruition and he couldn't see it. Couldn't see it. Yeah. And I reckon Abram was limited by a level of reason. And reason is quite reasonable, but reason is really quite boring. Um, if you ever heard somebody say, I would love to have dinner with Stephen Hawking, I kind of go, oh my gosh, that'd be one of the most boring things in the whole wide world, because I'd just go, have you ever wondered about this? And he'd just tell me the answer, and it'd be boring. I'd be like, yeah, okay. We actually love wonder as humans. We love it. We actually love a sense of wonder, yeah? But Abram was limited by his reason, and so God needed to take him out of the tent. He needed to say, here's where you're safe, here's what you know, here's what you own, but come step outside the tent and look up at all this. It's just a beautiful picture. You know, and the tent really limited Abram's view, because it wasn't a see-through tent, I don't reckon. The Bible's not clear, but I don't reckon it was a trans... Uh, maybe it was, maybe he had a skylight, I don't know, the Bible's not clear on this. Um, it doesn't really matter, I'm just sort of, I'm just going to keep going. <laughs> but he wasn't able to see the bigger picture of what God had for him, yeah? What God was saying is, come outside and be blown away by all of this. Come outside and see what I have for you, you know? This represents your inheritance. This is everything I have for you. And you're staying inside this tent. You're not seeing everything I have for you, yeah? God's saying, come be in the wonder of what you literally can't explain. And this is what God says to us as well. Come sit in the wonder of what you cannot explain. And let me tell you, it's one of the most scariest places to be where you can't explain something, yeah? I work as a consultant in my, during the day, I guess, uh, or at night sometimes when the phone rings. And my job's to know stuff, right? People expect me to know stuff. Ben, what do we do about this? Well, this is what you should do. 
and they're blown... No, they're not blown away by the wonder. They're just like, all right, right fair enough. Um, it's pretty much the exact tone and everything. Anyway, we won't go there. Um, who would have thought I'd get sidetracked, Lyndon? Who would have thought I would get sidetracked? You believe it? Oh, how wonderful. Um, I, really, I really believe that God always wants to draw us out of what we know and the tent we know and actually open our eyes to see the stars. And I actually feel God is consistently wanting to, as part of this journey I mentioned up front, wants to reveal more of who He is and reveal more of who we are. And it's actually, it's, it's like a minor miracle every time we take that next step with Him, yeah? Um, so I gave my life to Jesus when I was 16. I was going along to youth group and then I went, went along to church one night and some guy spoke about something. I have no idea what it was. But, um, but he said at the end, who, who wants to give their life to Christ? You know, and every, every eye was bowed and every, every head was bowed and every eye was shut. That's the correct way to do it. Um, and I didn't stick my hand up. But the guy next to me did. And the guy on this side of me did. And I'm like, and my heart was pounding, like literally, do, 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 do. Does there, do people know this feeling that when God's really just right on you, like, oh my gosh, oh my God, Let's, we can probably say that, oh my God. Um, and then it went, he goes, all right, we're going to start, we're going to song and if you raise your hand, come to the front. And these two guys on either side of me didn't do a thing. And I, it, there was like, and I reflect back and I kind of go, there's this tiny sense of frustration with them, right? But I knew I had this feeling, but I actually didn't respond. But I'm kind of going, well, come on, guys, let's go. So I drag them down the front. Um, and that night with my youth group leader, I burst into tears and I had no idea why. But it was like my soul was just like, I'm home, you know? Um, it was remarkable. Um, but since then, but from then, I went on this really, and I, and I don't want to be um, too negative about it, but it was a journey of really safe Christianity. It was about knowing this book, and it was almost like God the Father, Son, and Holy Bible um, as the journey, and it was a really safe level of Christianity, and I remember when, um, you know, we never discussed miracles or healing or anything like that, um, and then I remember when the the Toronto blessing stuff was put, was coming poured out, and I remember I went along to a church in Ballarat to, um, that was talking about this, and I just I just wanted to find out about this, and this is where people were literally just falling over, started to speak in tongues, um, you know what? And I was actually pretty scared, and I didn't get it. I was scared because I didn't get it. I was scared because no one actually explained to me that it's okay to get this, or it's okay because God can move like this, you know. It was pretty safe inside our tent, not stepping outside in a level of wonder. Um, you know, and let alone talk about raising your hands in worship. That's sort of where we're at. Um, but both Danny and I knew there was more to God. We, re we really knew there was more. And so we actually stepped outside and went looking. And we went looking. And we ended up here. Um, and... Um, We've been Africa, we've been Africa three times, America twice, um, and God's just consistently shown us more wonders of who He is. Not necessarily in other countries, He's shown us awesome wonders right there, you know, but, um, but, there is, but He's taken us on this amazing journey where I've got to this point where I can actually still be a little bit scared sometimes of stuff that I don't get, but I am going to trust Him and I'm going to step out with Him and know that He's got it, Yeah. So, we're doing exceptionally well for time. You guys will be very, very happy, Sally. Um, since then, we've actually seen, like, and, and I, I don't say this to, for, for any point of um, credit points or anything like that, but, but I just say, because I actually want to just reveal, because maybe you haven't heard about these signs and wonders, and believe me, I haven't seen them all. I know there's a load more. But I've seen gold dust on people's faces, on their hands. I've seen people prayed over 
and then literally gold dust just is on their chairs just then and there. And, you, and, and I know that wasn't there beforehand because I put the chairs out. Um, I've seen diamonds show up in a meeting before, three diamonds in a meeting before. Have you ever seen people, probably about twice as many people as what we've got, all looking on the ground. <laughs> There's diamonds. Let's go for it. And um, like we we got photos of these things, and everyone's got their phone out. They got the light on, and our, Grace was there, <laughs> Laurie's wife, and she's like, "Turn turn your light on. They'll shimmer in the light." And it was like, "Yeah, let's do that." And it was just like kids in the kids that are, I don't know, a lolly shot that had all the glasses broken or something. It was just like we're just going hard. Um, we've actually seen feathers falling in front of us. For no reason at all. Um, we've been here in this church when we've done 24 hours of worship before, and it was in we're in the 23rd hour, probably about 20 minutes to go, and Reuben Morgan is playing violin, and all of a sudden, with the door shut like what they are now, there was a <laughs> through the place, this huge rushing wind through the place, and we just know it was God because it's just not reasonable just not reasonable. Um, there's, there's, there's actually way too many more sort of things like that to explain to, or to, to try to even explain <laughs> because the reality is I can't explain them and I don't know why and it's not written in Corinthians that there's going to be gold dust but I can tell you I've seen it. And I share with you to know that I've seen it and maybe you've seen it. I've seen three diamonds show up in that meeting. I don't know why three. I don't know why there wasn't one for everybody. I don't know why there was only one. I don't know why three that represents the Trinity. I don't know. I don't know why. I can just make this stuff up. But I saw them with my own eyes. I saw somebody find one and go, And I wasn't prepared for that when I accepted Jesus into my heart at 16. I wasn't prepared for that. But I was okay with it because I was happy to step outside the tent and look up and try to explain it all. Yeah? Healings. We saw a healing today. We saw a healing today. Vicky um, was here for prayer on Thursday night and um, suffering from glandular fever. And we wouldn't let her leave. Well, we, we were just praying as a worship team as part of our gathering, and um, we wouldn't let her leave without praying for her. And she said Friday was yeah, still pretty tough. Yesterday was a little bit groggy, and today she's 110%. I'd ask you to run around the room, but I won't. But um, I could ask you to run around the room, but I won't. Or will I? Um, so God's like, so glandular fever, God's got it. Does anybody remember that day when we prayed for some, one person's arches of their feet, they had flat feet? Was it Luke? I can't remember. Liam. Lee, oh, no, it was, it was Eli, actually. Liam had flat feet. Eli had flat feet. And um, so we prayed for Eli and then, so that was in the morning, I think, and that night we had overflow, like what we do tonight, 6.30, by the way. Um, and Eli came along, and anybody who else, which said anybody else had flat, have flat feet. Because Eli's just seen a miracle, and now he wants to pray for you. And there was at least three other people who didn't have flat feet anymore. Does anybody have flat feet in this place right now? All right. One, anyone else? Two, Anyone else? Going, going. Three. This is part of the call to action. Stepping out of the tent going, I've got flat feet. Well, Mick, Catherine, Steve, why don't we just as an, as an act of faith turn to them. Um, let's just raise our hand towards them and, I'll pr and let's pray for them. Look, God, we thank you that you have the power to heal flat feet. And so we pray, archers, rise in Jesus' name. Rise in Jesus' name.
Amen. Now, you guys may see a change right now. You may feel a change right now. That may come. That's okay. But, I, but it was amazing because we could pray for one person who had, didn't, who had flat feet and then that person's faith, them stepping out of the tent going, I'm happy to be prayed for for this, actually enabled, give, gave them the faith to be able to pray for other people and because other people saw that this one person um, seen some change, there's an opportunity to be able to see breakthrough in their own life, yeah? It's cool. Shoulders, Ray, Ray, Ray and Vicky, um, we called the, um, the healing hogs in this place, by the way. They just keep getting healing. Um, Ray couldn't lift his arm above there from memory and um, since then, uh, right up and back doing karate and smashing stuff, like literally, I think, um, which is amazing. Sorry? And, and ribs as well. That's right, because you weren't able to, to fully move. Um, so we've seen that. I've seen people literally go, I've got a toothache. We pray for them and they go, actually, I don't have a toothache anymore. Um, headaches. I went to a conference once where they were, where they were praying for people and a lady um, who had metal rods in her back, her back was gone. She was up like an old lady, like 70-ish. She was jumping up and... Di- she was 142. <laughs> she was starting to get old. She was literally jumping up and down for joy. She's go, those, the bars are gone, the metal bars are gone, my back is healed. It was so awesome. It was just awesome. And... You know what? We could have literally stayed in the tent and not come outside and try to even experience that. We didn't even need to say who's got flat feet today that needs healing. We didn't need to do that. We chose to come outside and look up at the wonder and say, God, can you do this? Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. Um, And yet I've seen those things and yet I've seen somebody in a wheelchair not step out of that wheelchair and that makes me do that other wonder of going why why what what why is why you know why is a toe or something like i i i'll take a step back i remember praying for for luke kendrick on a day luke um heard his foot playing futsal one day part of the world game and he luke's got a weird foot where it's sort of double jointed and and that's like Oh, there he is. Oh, sorry, I'll, I'll just pretend you're not here and I'll just keep talking about you. Um, but Luke used to be able, Luke could move his foot in weird ways and it not hurt. But after he injured himself at futsal, he could only move his foot in the right way. And when he tried to move it the wrong way, it hurt. Is that right? Which is weird. Close? So I, I remember praying for Luke and now he can do weird things with his foot again or with his toe again. Yeah, And the same day, I stepped over to Alan Berryman and we prayed for Alan and yet nothing happened. And I can, we can create theologies around this stuff to kind of go, oh, well, this is because God loves toes more than whole bodies. Which is not true, by the way. I'm just, just put it out there. Um, you are stirring. Yes, and we'll just say that that's stirring. Um, but I'm, I'm really quite happy to sit in the wonder of not knowing and kind of going that God's actually in control of all this and I actually don't need to have all the answers or 100% reason of everything, but my job's to step outside and to go with him because I've seen him heal before and I know he can heal again. Yeah? There's something about being comfortable that I don't think God really likes. And I understand that the Holy Spirit is a comforter, but that's because we are often uncomfortable. God doesn't need to provide a comforter if we're always comfortable. 
we could look at the cross and say, well, isn't that extremely comfortable? Isn't that, ex- thank you, God, for your comfort that you've shown us. Um, yeah. You know, we don't, I talk about these signs, but we don't, I just better clarify, we don't seek these signs and wonders. We seek the God who gives the signs and wonders. A sign actually points you in a direction, yeah? That's what a sign is for. It points you towards the God. Um, but I think in our comfort, we can miss the sign sometimes, you know? Sometimes, yeah, I feel we don't, maybe we don't even give God the opportunity to heal because we're too busy pumping Panadol. And maybe that's the answer. I'm not saying that that's wrong. <laughs> Um, please don't. I actually believe God moves wonders through doctors. I believe it's a miracle that he's actually given people some skills to be able to understand how a brain works in order to do brain surgery. I actually think that that's flippin' wonderful. Um, Anyway, the things we've seen really have encouraged wonder as well. They're not the be-all and end-all, but they've actually encouraged wonder because now I believe that God can heal anything. Um, yeah. Where am I going to go? I want to tell a couple of other little stories, if, if that's okay, because time's good, and I reckon testimonies are awesome, and I'll explain why in a minute. When we were at Bethel for worship school, um, Danny and I were there, we... Um, one of the guys who was speaking um, shared about a story where his mother had psoriasis all over her body and, um, and, he, and he said, God, and he wasn't sure who he was speaking to because he wasn't a Christian, he wasn't sure if it was Buddha or whoever, he said, God, if you're real, heal my mother. The next morning, she was compl- psoriasis was completely gone. But as part of that, sorry, I'm... I missed a, um, no, no, it was completely gone. And a week later, I think this is right, a week later, um, he, he heard a voice say, I am, I am Jesus Christ. You said if I healed your mother, you would follow me. Sorry, that's the full story. Please heal my mother and I'll follow you the rest of my life. Sorry, I'll tell the proper story. There was this guy, right, whose mother, <laughs> um, um, if you heal my mother... I will follow you for the rest of my life. The next day, his mother's completely healed. A week later, a voice come to him, I am Jesus Christ. I healed your mother. You said you would follow me. So then he went on this amazing journey of finding out um, where Jesus was. And he knew it was Jesus because he said it was. Otherwise, he would have gone Buddha or whatever, yeah? Um, now, there was somebody who was sitting in the congregation with me on that day who heard that and said, well, if, it, if God can heal his mum, he can heal my mum. And this is an American guy. And so we're in California. His mum w- w- was, was somewhere else. And so that night he, um, he's, he called his mum and said, I'm going to pray for you and I'm going to be praying for your psoriasis to be gone. And the next morning it was gone. I just go, that's just a level of faith which is just awesome, Right? You know, it's okay to hear somebody on a pulpit say this and then kind of go, um, oh, but, but, you know, but this won't happen for me. But this does happen for us, yeah? I don't stand up here often. I'm down here with you guys, yeah? We're, we're all in this together. We're all doing this together. And it's, it's, his grace is equal for all of us. I, I remember the night at um, one of our overflow nights, clear as day, you know, like... like and you guys who are here for Gary Morgan about a month or so ago, you would have seen this. But I just, I was, I was playing guitar and worshipping and I literally just saw a date pop up in front of me and it was 30 September. And then I saw like a picture of a hand and I'm going, oh, that's interesting. And then I just go, no, I just cannot sit with this because I'd seen somebody else do it before and I kind of go, is anybody's birthday the 30th of September? And Greg's hand went up. And I said, do you have sore hands? And he goes, I've got sore wrists. 
And so we prayed for Greg that night. Who was here that night? Anyone remember this? It was just like, and, a, and, 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 and Greg's a chiropractor, so he said his hands are always sore. But, but, but we prayed for him that night. But what we didn't know was what Greg was thinking. This is Greg's first time in this church. And Greg's sitting there going, these people aren't listening to you, God. How can they listen to you when all they do is worship? <laughs> and God just used that to, and, and through, like, and through, and I was just like, I was petrified. Let me tell you, I was stepping out into that unknown, looking up going, could have fallen on nothing. But, but God used that to speak powerfully to him. I'm just so grateful for that, yeah? And what, one more quick story. I was talking about Gary Morgan. I, was, I was, wasn't here for Gary Morgan um, because it was the first day we started soccer. But that week prior, I was in Brisbane for a work thing. And um, this lady tra- who was on this part of this work tour thing travelled from Ballarat with me down to Melbourne, up on the plane and stuff. And uh, we hit turbulence when we were up in the plane, hit coming down into Brisbane. And she was petrified. Like, and I'm sitting reading and I'm studying and I'm, I'm doing church history at the moment. So I'm, I'm just reading and I... And I just see she was petrified so I go do you want me to read to you (laughs) so I start reading about church history and I'm reading about a weird story about a pope who um, thought that a previous pope had robbed him and so he said bring that pope to me and so um, they go one problem that pope's dead and they go bring him to me anyway so they dug him up and brought him in front of this other pope and sat him down and um and then tried him, and he was found guilty, believe it or not. Um, and, um, and, and so they stripped him of his royal papal robes. They cut off his three fingers he used to bless people, and they dragged him through the main street and buried him. He'd been dead for nine months, right? Um, and, um, you know, and so I'm telling her this story, right? And she's just sitting there, uh, <laughs> and I'm going, this is a weird story to tell somebody, right? <laughs> <laughs> we're icing and she's not listening we got off the plane and she said to me is that story true <laughs> right and I'm like I think so it's, it's in a book um, so um, and I kind of go there's some weird stuff that happens and then I because I knew Gary Morgan was going to be here I said I know this guy and he's going to be at our church this Sunday and here's what he does like he just he hears things and then he speaks it out and it's like God's talking to us I'm just talking to her about God and who he is right she's like okay and I said yeah you know we do this through song. We like to do this prophetic stuff. So we like to actually sing our own song. And as a worship team, we like to be able to say, hey, here's where God's going. Here's the prophetic word of what God's doing, right? She goes, oh, really? And I go, I've actually got some CDs of that. Do you want to hear that? And so we're in my car. So I, so I put on a CD, right? And we're listening to, there's a Bethel album called Have It All. And there's a song on there called Colors. And she's, and she's listening. She goes, what's that guy saying? And... Um, and because he and I'm like, oh, I listen and and I told her and she's like, oh, okay. And we just and he talk he sings for about a minute and a half, and then this girl starts singing and she sings this line: "You bring color into my life, you bring color into my life." And um, she is and and when she starts singing, I said to her, "Do you do you understand what she's saying?" She goes, "Yeah, I was singing that like 30 seconds before she started singing it." We intentionally try to do this on a Sunday, right? And here's a girl who doesn't have a faith, openly said, I don't have a faith, but I'm sort of open. And God's giving her a prophetic song that was recorded on a CD that she's never, ever flippin' heard before, right? (laughs) And I kind of go, I don't understand this, but I'm just lost in the wonder of who you are. It's that simple. I'm just lost in the wonder of who he is, yeah? So I share these with you because I think it's important that we, that to build up your faith, that God can speak to somebody that you're with who isn't a Christian necessarily, yeah? God can speak through you by actually just going, I think God can do this. I think he can heal. I think he can do weird stuff like put gold dust on people. I think he can tell you the words of a song before you've ever heard it. Revelation 12, 11 says they triumphed over him and that's him is the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony by the power of their word of their testimony 
See, Jesus' blood is awfully powerful, but the word of your testimony is exceptionally powerful. So, so why does God give you a testimony? It's literally to triumph over the enemy. Um, your testimony is great. Your salvation is great. I just want to remind you of this. Your testimony is great. Your salvation is great. And your stories actually help me triumph. Yeah? So I encourage you to share your story with others. Really encourage you to share your, your story with others. And your testimony, it's not about, it is about you, but it's about who God is through you. So don't hold back your testimony because you may be limiting the opportunity for somebody to hear more about who God is. Yeah? Share what he's doing with in your life. Let others hear it. On the front of the log, I see our newsletter. Um, I shared a little bit about, um, in the book of Daniel, um, Daniel interprets the king of Babylon's dream. And the king of Babylon is King Nebuchadnezzar, who um, doesn't turn out to be a great guy. Um, and you can read about it in the book of Daniel. Um, but the king's only response after Daniel could actually interpret his dream was this. Daniel 4.3, which was, How great are his signs, how mighty his wonders. His kingdom is an eternal kingdom. His dominion endures from generation to generation. This is a king who didn't who who didn't know the God of Daniel, yeah? How do we respond to the wonders of God? Because we can actually, we can get to the point of actually going, well, I expect him to heal, which is quite normal. At the same point of time, we should never get lazy with the fact, lazy in our wonder and admiration with the fact that he heals. Like it's, I high-fived Vicky pretty hard today when she shared that. Because it's just a, it's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing. So as believers, we really should expect the supernatural as our normal, right? But we shouldn't take it for granted. Um, I talked about Abraham and Sarah, Abram and Sarah up front. And Abram became Abraham. And um, God reminded them a little bit later on um, in Genesis 18 that, um, that they were going to have a child. And um, as God's talking to Abram, Sarah was standing outside the tent at this point and she heard God's voice and she heard this and then she laughed because she was old and she'd been barren for a long time. She had not had children. And God said to her, why did you laugh? She said, I didn't laugh. And if we look in Hebrews 11.11, 11, let me put this up on the screen because I, I don't have it written down. Um, but the chapter in Hebrews 11 is actually the chapter of, it's the hall of faith, it's called. Um, and it's a list of all the awesome things by faith people have done, yeah? And Hebrews 11.11 11 is actually about Abraham and Sarah. By faith, Abraham, even through... He was past age and Sarah herself was barren, was enabled to become a father because he considered him faithful and he had made the promise. So, Abram was exceptionally frustrated that this promise hasn't come through. What are you doing, God? And Sarah laughed at it, almost in mockery for the, for the fact that it wasn't happening. And yet, this is the way they're remembered. God's quite happy with your doubt because it gives him room to move, gives him an opportunity to move into wonder. Um, so here's the call to action. You ready? And I love this, that often I will now say to people, how are you going? But I'm much more inclined to say, so what's God up to? Because I care how people are going. Honestly, I'm much more excited to hear what God's up to. So here's your call to action before you leave today. Ask someone, so what's God up to? What's he doing? 
This is actually you stepping outside the tent and saying, I'm ready to try to explain this. And it actually gives somebody an opportunity to kind of go, well, actually, you know what? This has been happening and I can't explain it. I'm going to try to explain it, but it's as wondrous as the amount of stars there are. From a toe that is double-jointed and shouldn't be in pain, but is in pain, through to a wheelchair, through to gold dust, through to feathers falling, through to diamond showing up. He's a wonderful God. He's so full of wonder. And he uses us as part of expanding his kingdom to reveal that wonder. So that's your job. That's your call to action. Didn't think you are going to get homework from church, did you? Homework. Will you stand with me and we'll pray and we'll wrap up? Look, God, we, we thank you for everything you are, even though we have no idea what that is. But we thank you, Lord God, that you reveal bit by bit more of who you are, Lord God, and you do more and more and more, Lord God. Help us to desire to step outside the tent, which is comfortable for us, Lord God, and show us more and more of who you are. Make this the desire of our heart to know what you're up to, Lord God, so we can understand more of who you are. Lord God, I pray for courage over everybody here today, Lord God, a supernatural courage to be able to step out and to share more of the wonders of who you are, the weird and wonderful things that we don't explain because we can't. And Lord God, we give you the opportunity to shine. We give you the opportunity to be God. Yeah. Yeah, Lord God, help help us to stir up the memories, Lord God, the great testimonies that that, that you've that you've uh, given us, Lord God, the things that maybe we've lied to bed that may appear too weird for us to talk about or either uh, just appear too normal for us, Lord. Lord, I pray that those things speak direct to the heart of others we come in contact with. Yeah. Lord, we just thank you for the supernatural courage to share more of who you are. Help us be a people who are consistently lost trying to count the stars and trying to explain who you are. Yeah. So go with us, Lord God, and reveal more of who you are. We don't seek the signs and wonders, but we thank you for them. And Lord God, we just seek you. We seek more of you. Reveal more of who you are to us, Lord. Yeah. Thanks, Lord. Amen. Well, have a stupid awesome week. May it be better than you thought it was going to be. Amen.